This is the Better Pastor Podcast, where we focus on the skills you need to pastor better. Seminary didn't prepare us for everything, so let's keep learning and growing together. Today I am joined by Justin Gort, who used to be a Utah pastor out here with me in the Beehive State, but he has since moved to Leavenworth, Kansas, where he is an associate pastor at Church of the Open Door. We have a really great conversation today about biblical hospitality in the life of a pastor. Okay, Justin, here we are to talk about hospitality, biblical hospitality. So as we do here, let's start with the fundamentals, the basics. What is hospitality and why is it an important aspect of particularly pastoral ministry. Hospitality is the love of strangers. Coming from the Greek word, I won't do that. Um, You went into college professor mode. What was that about? (laughs) Yeah, I was just being ridiculous. Um, No, yeah, it's it's showing hospitality uh, specifically or not specifically, in particular to to those you don't know. So uh, it is important for those who are in the position of a pastor because it's a requirement for your job. You need to be hospitable out of First Timothy chapter three. So if you're not doing that, this is a great opportunity to discuss that and think through why you should be. Isn't it so interesting which of the qualifications for eldership get highlighted in life and which ones get forgotten? I think this is probably one of the more forgotten ones. Um, you know, we're focused on, you know, he's not supposed to be a guy who gets drunk, you know, one woman, man, what does that mean, et cetera. But yeah, being hospitable is a qualification to be a pastor in the local church. So that's a jump start for us as we consider what Scripture has to say. But what else does Scripture have to say about practicing hospitality? Um, it, it's a requirement that uh, older women uh, were to have been hospitable out of First Timothy as well, uh, if they are going to be taken care of by the church. And so, you know, we we just simply put that together as if you are a um, if you are an elder. Or if you're an old woman on the rules of the church, you're supposed to be hospitable. Covers kind of a broad spectrum. Hmm. If we look at the Old Testament, uh, the love of strangers, the the love of the alien uh, was was a requirement. And it was something that you were to practice uh, as an Israelite. Um, It's carried over into the New Testament church very well. And uh, even in in the book of Acts, um, Peter has to set aside his pride and and honor the Lord by, by going and uh, receiving the hospitality uh, of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. So uh, figuring out how to love that man, even though he he was scared of him or had strong disagreements uh, with his practices. Interesting. So we are thinking about the individual pastor and his hospitality. So not necessarily, you know, the church-wide hospitality. So as a pastor thinks of his own life and how he goes about his weekly rhythm what factors should he consider when it comes to implementing hospitality in his life? Um, when was the last time that I got together with somebody and showed them love? Mm-hmm. You know, that that's just a really simple question to ask yourself. And if you're you're getting to Friday week in and week out and you've not done that, uh, you've got work on Saturday. Um, you know, obviously you should be doing it more than one day a week, but but starting to take stock of how am I practicing 
you know, the love of those in my community, uh, those who God brings into my life, those in the church and outside of the church. Um, am I am I breaking bread with believers? Am I uh, serving unbelievers at, at my table or at a table um, that that I have responsibility for? You should be doing that. Um, that that sounds like a, a really strong exhortation because I think it's it's something we you, as you mentioned we ignore, and we are busy people. We're Americans um, who you know love our football, love our love our free time, uh, love you know the quote unquote me time. But this is a time to set that aside and say, all right, I'm going to focus on somebody else. Now, the vast majority of pastors aren't going to be single men in a parsonage, uh, <laughs> so you know, obviously 99 plus percent of us are married with our own home, uh, with kids, all of that. So how much does the house and the rest of the family factor into practicing hospitality? Yeah. Um, you know, for me, um, I, I'm blessed to have a budget, uh, that is included, uh, with my job. Uh, so I have $400 a year that I'm expected to spend um, with the, the purpose of, of, you know, fellowshipping with believers and then mm -hmm. using as uh, a hospitable form of evangelism. Um, all of us on staff have that, um, but that's, that's only a fraction of what we as a family do. Uh, we as a family, we budget to have uh, people over regularly. I coordinate that with my wife and because uh, I recognize there are there are times when I'm asking too much of them. If we've done something as a church corporately five nights out of the week, I can't I can't push her to do you know a, a sixth thing um, on a, on a Saturday uh, and have her be ready for church on Sunday. Uh, likewise, if if she's been out of the house all week um, doing ministry, I've got to to recognize that I need to to focus and and do the work of, of loving my wife as God commands and and reserve some of my attention for her. So, you know, I, I put a big stock on, on both of those aspects, being gentle with her, um, and, and taking her into consideration, but then also planning with her and making sure that I'm, I'm recognizing the rhythms of our house. Yeah, real good. Well, you're, you're giving us a peek into your personal life a little bit there, but what else do you well, have to I, share? What do you have any interesting stories? Plan when we came to a church of three hundred, we were going to have every family in in the church through our house in the first year. We would use Sundays to do it in a church and, of three hundred. Uh, it's a three three hundred three thirty something like that. <laughs> and uh, three sixty five days in a year, three hundred thirty <laughs> people in the church, easy. <laughs> so I had this grand plan. We were going to use Sundays, and and we would take you know roughly fifty weeks to do it. Um, we got, I think four weeks in and I, I recognized with, we have a, uh, every Sunday night, we have a fellowship meal at church and we have uh Wednesday, Awana, we came at the start of Awana season and we have a meal before Awana and, and quickly, uh, I, it was too much. I, I was asking way too much of my family. Um, and not to mention like I, I ex as well was getting exhausted by that. So we, we recognize, oh, wait, we're going to restructure Wednesday. We're going to pick out a family, intentionally meet uh, and eat with a new family. And then on Sunday night, we're going to do the same thing. So rather than trying to have every family to our home, um, we were going to try to focus at least in the first year on the, the regular, you know, 250 people who, who are regulars. And 
we still haven't knocked all of those out <laughs> 15 months later. So uh, some of them, you know, have just been a, a matter of, you know, where our attention lies, what the focus of, of shepherding needs are. And yeah, I, I was overzealous in what I thought we could accomplish. Uh, yeah. Well, that's a lot of people and uh, it just takes time. So it does. <laughs> and you know, it takes money. And, you know, in, in Utah, it was nice to be able to hunt elk and uh, harvest elk that way. Haven't hunted deer here yet in Kansas. And so, uh, uh, doing a lot more um, in in the budget side uh, to to make that work, and that it's just a it's a different dynamic than we had uh, previously. So mm-hmm. have to work work on those things. Well, let's get really practical. I have several questions. I, I've actually just added some here as a, as you've been talking, and I've been thinking of some more. But um, let's start kind of broad, and then I'll start narrowing down with some other issues, perhaps. So, a pastor listening to this. Maybe he's feeling convicted right now that he has not been practicing hospitality as you've been describing it. I mean, what you just said, getting with people and showing them love. He, okay, that's not a regular part of my ministry, maybe he's thinking. So how can he start? What's what's just like a basic way that he can start if he realizes that this is an area that he needs to improve in? Yeah, I would say start with your elders. Um, if you have fellow elders or deacons or you know whatever you call them in your church, the other fellow leaders in your church, start with those people and uh, have them over um, in as big of a chunk as you can um, and ask them to keep you accountable. Um, I think that is a great place to start. You do the practice of it. You also uh, you you enlist their help. Um, and by you showing that you are are willing to allow them that feedback of saying, hey, you you need to be more hospitable as our pastor, uh, you're just giving them a, a way to to have an investment in your ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, so start there, and and so that would be my my first meal. So let's say that's month one. Uh, month two, commit to having two families. Um, don't don't try to do what I did and try to have every family in one year. It doesn't work. Um, <laughs> Even if you have a church of 60, it, it sounds like it's doable, but it's tough. Yeah. Schedules and and babies and a whole lot of other things go into play. Um, so start with two in a month. Um, you know, Find a time that works. Sunday afternoon doesn't work for everybody. Thursday sometimes is a great time. Um, you know, It might be conventional that you are uh, doing so in your house around your kitchen table, but not everybody wants to come to your house. Uh, some people uh, want to go to a restaurant um, because they're not comfortable at your place. Uh, maybe you have a dog or maybe you require people to take shoes off or, you know, maybe your house just smells weird. Um, just give them that opportunity to say, hey, you know, what would you be most comfortable with? Mm. And then build from there. Um, and then I would say, you know, months three through six, um, work on inviting an outsider, somebody you don't know, somebody not from your church. And uh, could be community, uh, you know, could be outside of your community, maybe it's a, a missionary coming through the area, start there um, and invest in people with time and showing uh, interest in them. And after, I would say after probably six months, it's going to become such a, a blessing and a regular part of your ministry. You're going to have to keep budgeting it, just like you have to keep up your your family budget and your church budget on task, but you're going to have to schedule and, and make it happen, but you're going to be blessed from from the effort. What about the pastor whose wife or maybe his family as a whole, for whatever reason, isn't into hospitality, isn't able to practice hospitality? Uh, that that tension that might exist with his immediate family, how does he go about doing this? Yeah, I would I would say, you know, be gentle, um, but 
but help that person, uh, shepherd that person. If you, if you had somebody who was saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to read my Bible. Um, you know, you would, you would tell that person, well, that might not be the best decision to make. And then you, you wouldn't scold them. I mean, you might, you might exhort them heavily, but, but you're going to do so in a loving and patient manner. And, and it might be all right. This quarter, um, we had one person that we, we did fellowship with. Um, let's, let's build on the second quarter, um, and, and just make it so intentional. You've got tons of resources at your disposal that you may never have thought about. There are parks. If the house doesn't work, you know, maybe, maybe your family has medical equipment that are just, you know, oxygen lines or, or whatever it is. It makes it really awkward for people to come over. Um, go to, go to a park on a nice day. Um, be a little spontaneous in that sense. Uh, you've got the church facility. Now, if, if your church has a facility, you know, at, at Cornerstone Bible Church in West Point, Utah, we, we use the church um, to set up a uh, every other month um, fellowship. We were going to have a potluck every other month. We started in January, and then on the odd months, uh, we had a fellowship potluck. It was just a great way for the church to practice hospitality together. And and we extended that invitation to, to visitors. A couple of times when we were in a park, we extended it to community members and said, hey, we've got food. Come join us. Um, you know, we're going to play some games in a minute. Um, we're going to pray. Uh, come join us. So. Yeah, that was another question I was going to ask is the person who says, well, my house is too small or my house is too dingy or I'm embarrassed of this, that or the other thing on my property. Just alternative locations is is your answer there, huh? Yeah. So right now at Church of the Open Door in Leavenworth, where I'm at uh, in Kansas, we are um, organizing our table of eight. So it's three families from church that um, we put together different ages, different lengths at church, different backgrounds. And then each time for February, March, and April that 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 group gets together, the host family, whether they're at church or at their house or at a restaurant, they are to invite a fourth couple. Um, So we have table of eight and table of eight plus. And then um, the plus is for those who want to include all the kids. So we might have a table of 28. Uh. Well, my family will do table of eight plus. We'll grab one of the bigger families um, and we just shove everybody at our house. We make it work. Uh, kids eat in one location. We'll eat in another. Uh, it's allowed. It's disruptive. Food is spilled. But the fellowship opportunity to to bring a family into that sphere, either from the community or from the church, you know, they get to see how you do life. Uh, they get to hear how you do shepherding, discipleship. Um, they get to witness uh, what it is that that binds the church together, which we know is Christ. Um, but we want to show that in in that practical, hospitable way. A lot of people have a fear of being awkward and like this idea. I mean, you're, you're talking about being together. Okay, it's like, I know I'm supposed to do that, uh, especially as a pastor. I need to have that influence outside of the walls of the church building. But how do you know what you're going to do when you get together? That it won't just be like this weird we're staring at each other and making small talk for an hour type situation. Heather and I had a lady sit in our living room and said, I only have a few questions. And she pulls out her phone and starts scrolling on her phone through and, and firing questions like an ordination. And I mean, her, her questions were, were some of them were kind of simple, you know, some of them were things I'd never contemplated. Like why don't women serve communion? Can women serve communion? Never even thought about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've always done it, you know, one way. And so, you know, we're, 
were answering questions and turning to scripture. And two and a half hours later, we were not um, at all uh, hurting for conversation topics. Uh, if it's if it's something that you struggle with, uh, there are people out there who have developed cards. They're attractive little cards you set on the table. They're conversation generators. There's apps that do the same thing. Um, you know, ask ask some really simple questions. You know, what would you ask your kids when they came home from school? Um, or when they came home from an event, you know, how was it? How are you doing? Um, you know, what my questions I always ask for church is of married couples. How did you, uh, to meet and, and get married? Um, how did you come to the church? What did the Lord use to bring you to salvation? And I ask it in that order on purpose, because by the time they answer the first one, they're kind of comfortable to answer the second one. And then they're primed, you know, to, to talk about spiritual things. Cause we've already talked about church. I used to start with, how did the Lord bring you to salvation? And, and the deer in the headlight look is like, where's this coming from? And am I going to be in trouble? And so I just flipped the order. Hmm. That's cool. What about the pastors out there who are introverts? We know that introversion is a real deal where some people just get drained by other people. Other people thrive on being around people. But we, of course, know lots of people who don't. I mean, they they think, I'm just, I don't have the energy for that. How would you counsel that pastor in the realm of hospitality? The the um, requirement is that you are hospitable. The requirement is not that you are hospitable that the same amount as Justin Gort is, um, or Jeremy Howard is, or you know fill in the blank of, of somebody that maybe you think is the best person at hospitality. Um, did you show love to somebody you didn't know? You know if if God is honored in that. And and you can say with a clear conscience, I was hospitable, you know, this week, this month, this year. You're glorifying God. You you'll know if you're not doing it. Your people will be cold uh, that you serve. Um, your your family will will struggle. Um, I I think it will be evident. Now maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe you can have a really warm family and a really cold guy. Um, but I think I think there there will be signs and evidence if if you're not doing it. So. Uh, don't, don't go for my standard. Don't go for a Jeremy standard. Go for the standard that the Lord has put before you, that you are characterized by hospitality. Well, let's close with the everyday, bringing it into the everyday habits. Day-to-day, how can a pastor have hospitality in his mind? What what have you found to work for you to, to just make hospitality more of a way of life rather than this big event that you build up to and get nervous about? Um. Two things. First of all, uh, do I have any margin in my schedule? There are some weeks that I don't. There are some weeks when I'm so busy, I'm just rushing from one thing to the next. I don't want that to be normal. Um, normal, I want to have some hospitality uh, buffer, some budgeted time that either I go and I seek out somebody somewhere in some way that I can fellowship, uh, share the gospel with something. Or two, um, I want to make sure that the Lord's allowed to interrupt my schedule. I'm not so busy that I don't have time for him to bring those moments into my life. So a couple of weeks ago, I took out a 90-year-old gentleman to lunch and uh, got to hear about this time as a church planner up in New England. That was a lot of fun. Mm. Um, you know, take those times. Yesterday, my family was over at uh, some Muslim's house eating food from Afghanistan. It was delicious. And uh, I ended up uh, loving the food and, and just expressed how much I like it. They sent me home with with all of it, which I didn't mean to take from them in that way. But they they were eager to send it home with me. So that's fun. Yeah. 
Good stuff. This is going to really help a lot of people. I appreciate it, Justin. Um, my joy. I hope you guys have a, a wonderful day and that you're able to practice hospitality day in and day out.